hellovanessamedia.com. Check out store.hellovanessamedia.com. Subscribe on Rumble, YouTube, follow on podcasting platforms, and LinkedIn. Hi, my name is Vanessa, and today's podcast slash episode are going to be about two different pieces of legislation called PACT Act of 2022, as well as basically a piece of legislation that's pending right now um, regarding military profession, military spouses, professional licenses. So that's what I'm going to cover. If you enjoy this information, if you find it helpful, please go ahead and communicate that if you would like to see more of this specific topic, because I can do a very deep dive on the topic, but I decided to spare everyone a one hour plus video on this unless people are truly interested in it. So let me know if you are. And if so, within the next, I'd say week, I'll get into it um, deeper. I'll plan to. All right. So the first one I'm going to start with is the PACT Act of 2022. This has really hit the radar of the general public all of a sudden, even though it's been legislation that's been um, talked about pending in some way, shape or form, the overall topic of it, which is about basically people being poisoned through toxic toxins that have led to illnesses essentially such as rare cancers and people that otherwise would not have them okay and so this is an issue that's been going on for well over 10 years um, with regards to burn pits it also addresses camp lejeune which is something that's pretty well known by a number of people now. There are actually commercials now being posted by, it appears, law firms about if you, you know, fall into this Camp Lejeune category, yada, 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 the, you know, call or whatever the call to action is on that. So that's, it's definitely hit the radar of evidently some lawyers. Um, and so it, it basically deals with, the bill deals with healthcare for people that have been poisoned. Camp Lejeune, it was water poisoning. Um, the burn pits, it was burning garbage and the toxic fumes poisoning people through their air, essentially. So, yeah, I did a different video. I've done actually have a whole burn pit playlist is what I call it. And that is over um, on YouTube. I also have posted those videos elsewhere on my social media presence. So feel free to check that out if you're interested. Um, I did a video recently about John Stewart, who's a well-known advocate for um, military veterans that have been basically poisoned and um, through toxic fumes, these burn pits, through um, the Camp Lejeune water incident from many, many moons ago. Um, the survivors that haven't passed away and, and things like that. And, and so that's what this deals with. It's a loaded topic. So I'm not going to try to get too much into it, but basically the bottom line is it passed about two days ago, I think now, two days ago. And, um, there's some controversy about it because the, the facts are we live in a country where it's kosher to spend billions of dollars on multi-billion dollar governmental contracts and to make sure those people that have them are treated like gold or platinum. Um, and that, you know, it's controversial to give people in America healthcare, it's quality period, even if you're a veteran. So that seems to be the controversy of it. Um, there were 11 different congressional reps that voted against it. They've been like named publicly in a way that I really haven't seen before. <laughs> before it seems to be like a new thing. People are really publicizing this stuff. Um, 
three of them publicly were pretty transparent about their thoughts of why they voted against it. And in some of it's in line kind of with my thinking, but basically three of them were, were saying that basically what I know to be true, which is Veterans Health Administration is basically a crummy organization. The, that's one arm, Veterans Health Administration of basically four arms, if you will, of the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs, Veterans Health Administration deal with healthcare and other services as well for military eligible veterans. Okay. And, um, basically, you know, one of the fun, not fun facts, but, you know, interesting facts about it was that 168,000 military veterans currently are basically backlogged waiting for health care. is my understanding of what one of the three congressional reps that voted against it said, and that with this legislation, 1 million additional uh, veterans are likely to be waiting on healthcare backlogs, essentially. And this is something I addressed in my other video as well. You know, people think of the hardest thing is trying to be eligible for healthcare at Veterans Health Administration, but that's actually false. The hardest thing is actually getting the healthcare and getting quality healthcare. I mean, there's been rampant incidences of medical malpractice at these facilities, um, unsterilized equipment, which has led to potential communicable disease infections. I mean, I've continued to deal with my own trials and tribulations with the organization Veterans Health Administration specifically, because I don't have grievances with the rest of the organization at this time and haven't for a while now, because the other, well, specifically Veterans Benefits Administration has cleaned up their act compared to what it used to be five plus years ago. Okay. Five to 10 years ago, it was much different situation, Veterans Benefits Administration. But Veterans Health Administration is really bad. Um, it hasn't gotten better. I think it's gotten worse. And I really, um, you know, have compassion for the people that think they're going to get health care here because the PACT Act 2022 passed. And so they're just going to, you know, get a really hard time. So, you know, also another thing is I'm not quite sure how it's going to be implemented. I already got an email from the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs stating that, hey, PACT Act of 2022 is here and, you know, da, 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 we're ready to implement it, which is highly debatable. I doubt that seriously. Um, but typically, in order to be eligible for health care, even if the law has passed saying that, like, you have a presumptive condition, which is what this law is evidently saying, this legislation, you still have to um, apply for that health care benefit. Okay. And my knowledge of that process is that that can take a year or more. Okay. And I'm not saying that there isn't good reason for me to take that year because, you know, I, I talked to Dwayne Kimball. I did a video with him, multiple videos with him, uh, interviews with him, you know, videos I edited and stuff. And one of them, which is pretty popular, actually talks about the workload of people in that department, Veterans Benefits Administration, VBA, and kind of a little bit behind the scenes of what these these workers go through with all the paperwork. And, it, you know, it seems like it's very intense. So I don't see this being immediate. Now, if it is immediate, okay, that's different. That's interesting. Um, and so then it goes to dealing with Veterans Health Administration, which is a nightmare to deal with. I mean, they're not, most of these people that work there are not nice people to be dealing with, whether you're an employee working with these people as a coworker or subordinate or whatever, or if you're a uh, person receiving healthcare there. I mean, this is not a place that I want to go <laughs> 
for my health care, but I have to, I have to, um, to some extent, I haven't been to one of their facilities in some time now. Um, I'm actually going to be after eight months, eight months of waiting, I'm going to be getting my uh, first healthcare basic appointment. It looks like it's on track for this month. So we'll see how that goes. I don't know. Um, but you know, the good news is that, you know, the number of people that are going to be with eyes on this, with firsthand experience, is going to increase exponentially. Now, a number of these people are terminally ill, so they're not going to have the time nor the energy to do anything, really, I don't think, with advocacy or whatever for themselves, which is scary with this system. Um, but because there's going to be so many more eyes and ears in this system, Veterans Health Administration now, there's a high probability just from numbers alone that change will be forced inside of the system in some way, shape, or form. And my hope is that it will increase the quality of healthcare services. Um, I've said it before. I'll say it again. Check out my videos. Check out my TikTok. Check it out. I've got stuff linked before on if you're on a platform that allows linking and stuff. The civil service system needs to be eliminated in the federal government. That's the bottom line. I'll say it again. The civil service system needs to be eliminated in the federal government. That is the bottom line. And Veterans Health Administration is a real prime example of this. Um, the attitudes and the atmosphere are such because of the civil service system. Okay. I used to work in it. I've covered this in their videos. Uh, it's not good for workers that actually want to do their jobs and that actually care, you know, about the military community. And it's not good for the military community are getting services there. It just isn't. So it needs to go. You know, that's the number one problem I see is the civil service system. And then once they get rid of it, they need a clean house like they've never cleaned house before in this organization, Evidence Health Administration in particular. And um, the calls need to be recorded. You know what I mean? Like there needs to be oversight. There needs to be accountability. Things need to get done. Instead, they're just wasting a lot of time and money. So anyways, moving on. So there is a representative, I think he's out of California. I linked below if you're on a platform where you can see a description. Um, and I linked basically a news article about it. So this is a piece of legislation about military spouse professional licensing. It has been in the works for over a year. This piece of legislation, just like the last piece, is something that should have been done years ago. It could have been worked out years ago. But it, this legislation, just like the last, are prime examples of showing that our Congress really doesn't prioritize the military community. They just say they do so they can get votes and look really, look really good. You know what I mean? Like that's the reality of it. You know, as John Stewart so eloquently pointed out in his speech, which I also linked below if you're on the platform where you can see the description for linking these politicians, all of them, I mean, they, I, I'm saying this, they vote on their own compensation package to the best of my knowledge. Okay. And as John Stewart said, you know, they're, they're not going to lose their, their benefits. Their health care is super high quality. Um, they're not going to lose anything. They are going to progress and keep getting paid and keep living their lives and working in this beautiful building and having all these parks and amenities. And, you know, I'm sorry to say, but most of these politicians, in my opinion, are crooked and corrupt and can't be trusted. Okay. 
So, you know, they want to get reelected for all of the wrong reasons, you know, uh, most of these politicians and they just don't care. That's just what I see. That's what I've lobbied Congress. And that's what I see is just a lack of just empathy, compassion, or care. They just don't care. So anyways, this piece of legislation is introduced by a politician who seems to care. He's out of California. Um, like I said, I'll link the information below so you can check it out more. It was introduced over, I think about a year or so, one plus years ago, approximately. It's been basically not making any progress through Congress. It's just been languishing. I actually thought it was dead. I thought it was just going to be basically just die in Congress and be ignored, you know, because it's something that could actually help people. Um, but instead there is recent movement with it and it has passed through a, com a committee, excuse me, a committee. And the process of legislation through Congress is just slow. And unless it's something that's probably going to sabotage regular people, then that might be fast. It seems like those are fast, but this was really slow. Like a lot of pieces of legislation that are actually worthwhile but it did pass through a committee. And so it's next steps, I believe, are to go Senate, if I'm not mistaken. And my understanding is that there's 33 politicians have agreed to vote in favor of it. And that it does have bipartisan support, which is required to pass much of anything in our dysfunctional two-party American system. So anyways, um, basically... I'm hoping that within the next six months, and it looks like it's possible within the next six months that it will be passed. I'm not exactly sure all the details of what's in it. Some modifications have been made. I'm really hopeful that it achieves the purpose of allowing military spouses to have their professional occupational licenses recognized in whatever state that they need to live in due to their spouse's military service. This is long overdue. There is this... Um, acceptance it seems like among groups of people that it's okay that quality of life isn't what it should be like equal to other civilians for military people their spouses families and it's okay that spouses basically can't maintain employment or businesses that they want to run or whatever and that somehow this is accepted accepted or acceptable um and I, I kind of wonder because recruiting is down or retention is down, which has been, you know, it's been like this through the years, you know, goes waves. Um, if that's why all of a sudden they're interested in passing this is because of something along those lines. I don't know. But it's kind of one of the thoughts I do have because of the timing of it. You know, one of the main concerns I have is the fact that the, there's a lot of money in monopolizing power with professional licenses. When I see professional licenses, those of you on LinkedIn that are watching this right now are going to know exactly what I'm talking about. Like if you're an occupational therapist that requires a credential, if you're a doctor that requires a license, if you're a lawyer that requires a license, if you're any kind of mental health professional um, clinician that requires a license, if you are a massage therapist that requires some type of credential, you know what I mean? Like there are countless occupations in America that requires some kind of certification or some type of credential. You know, um, I'm, I have a certification as a family mediator in the state of Florida. So obviously it's another example of another credential. And I don't think that this law is probably going to apply to that most likely. Unfortunately, I don't think it is, but 
for a lot of these other credentials where you spend years obtaining, you know, degrees and licenses and work experience and thousands of dollars are going into this. Those are the kinds of licenses I anticipate are going to be covered underneath this. But the states in the U.S. don't want to let go of the power over licenses in their state. There's a lot of money in that power, okay? And don't want to let go of that control from what I've seen. And I've even seen things go so far as legislation passed in individual states like the state of Florida. And then regulatory boards will still be like, okay, all right, that's fine. And now you got to do this, you got to do this, you got to do this, you got to do this. And it's going to cost, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of dollars and take countless hours, weeks, months, years, maybe to get through requirements or just disqualify people altogether that because they just added in some bogus rule, basically, that is not really relevant, but they say it is. So it is right. Um, there's just a lot of rule makers making up goofy rules that make it to where military spouses and quite frankly, other people as well that are trying to relocate are unemployed <laughs> or unemployable. You know what I mean? Because of not being able to get their credentials recognized. You know, I was in one state just recently and I just abandoned even trying to get my license recognized. I, my husband and I, we both contacted individually the regulatory board and, you know, I specifically knew what questions to ask. And basically they wanted to treat me as if I had never even graduated from anywhere and start over again. And you have to keep in mind, these credentials are things that take years to obtain. So it's like, you know, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Thanks. No, thanks. I'm good. You know, that's just the point I've reached is I'm just, I'm really done with, you know, trying to, to, you know, bend like a pretzel for people that just want to disempower, that just want to uh, unemploy people, you know, and that really needs to stop. It's really a disadvantage to the communities, which is pointed out in this legislation that regulatory boards keep doing this. And I was in a community just recently, you know, where I decided not to pursue licensure because of just all this regulatory um, nonsense. And they literally had no professionals offering the services that I would have offered. And there was a need. There was an absolute need for it. So it would have been very beneficial if I could have offered those services for the couple of years that I was there for. But unfortunately, you know, the powers to be seem to think that they know better and you know that wasn't going to be a possibility essentially. Also, these requirements can take so long that by the time you finish your requirements, you're moving again. I mean, it's just a sad reality of it. So I'm hoping that the legislation, because it is federal, it is going to be national if this passes, I hope that's strong enough to where it prevents these regulatory organizations and boards or entities or, you know, whatever they're called in the different jurisdictions, different states and localities from inventing new rules that they can use to get around this law. I have seen in certain states um, really amazing legislation where they've made it to where like the governors, for example, has made it to where in certain states um, or the, the legislature where the legislation is so strong and so powerful that regulatory boards can no longer get around it. There's no loopholes for them to get around it so that when 
you know, eligible military spouses show up to their state with their, you know, occupational license and hand their professional license or credential, whatever, what have you, they actually can have it recognized and start working immediately. And so that's really great where, when that can happen, but it's rare. It's really rare. Uh, it's not common. And it's something I know way too much about because, you know, I've studied this at length at this point. Um, just really out of curiosity, like, you know, what is it like? And, you know, how hard would that be? Or how much would that cost? Or how long would that take? And, you know, the results were really un unfortunate. I mean, it's a situation right now where it's almost like a why bother? You know, why bother even getting a credential? Because chances are, you know, my, based upon my observations, research, and experience, you know, a person wouldn't even be able to utilize their occupational credential, license, certification, whatever, because of all of these regulatory organizations preventing them from doing so with each military move. So, okay, enough about that. That is my quick hitter. I think I spent about 10 minutes on each topic. Um, if you would like a deeper dive, which would basically involve me kind of breaking out the legislation and kind of going into the details and covering it, hey, I'd be happy to do that, but I definitely need to know that that's something um, y'all are interested in. So feel free to drop a comment on whatever platform you're in and indicate that. Um, yeah, and if you're interested, follow along on whatever platform you prefer. For more topics like this, as well as kind of a garden variety of other topics I cover from time to time. All right. I wish you all the best. Bye. Check out hellovanessamedia.com. Check out store.hellovanessamedia.com. Subscribe on Rumble, YouTube, follow on podcasting platforms, and LinkedIn.